Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. In the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been looking at the anointing. And we found that in the Old Testament... There was a ceremonial anointing with oil. It was physical oil, olive oil and some uh, spices and things that the Lord had given Moses' commandment concerning. And this, and this oil was poured out upon someone to anoint them. That's what the word anoint means. It means to, means to the, the Hebrew means to smear. It also means to pour out. And... Uh, It was a ceremony to indicate that the person thus anointed with oil would be anointed by the Spirit to stand in whatever place he was in. We talked about the prophet, priest, and king. Moses anointed Aaron. Isn't that right? Uh, Samuel anointed Aaron and his sons to be priests. Samuel anointed Saul and then David to be king. Elijah anointed Elisha to stand in his place, in his room as prophet. So we see that it was a ceremony. The the physical oil didn't do anything. It wasn't magical. It was holy in the sense that it was set apart. And they were told, the uh, children of Israel told, don't make any of this for any other purpose. And don't put it on anybody except the one that's been called of God. And so it was set apart, but it wasn't magical there, or it wasn't, there wasn't anything even spiritually powerful in the oil. The power came when the Holy Spirit came upon that person. So we saw that the anointing with oil, uh, was a ceremony and, and oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so then the Holy Spirit would come upon them to empower them to be the priest, to be the prophet, to be the king, whatever uh, uh, role they had. Now, we do know that occasionally the Spirit would come upon people without the anointing with oil because the Holy Spirit can do what he wants to. And so, uh, but we see that as a, as a ceremony to typify the fact that the Holy Spirit would come upon people. We notice this, that often, that doesn't say it every time, but the times that it doesn't say it, it still might have happened. Just, we just don't know it. But we found that very often when the Holy Spirit came upon people that even though they weren't prophets, now you would expect a prophet to prophesy, but you wouldn't expect a king to prophesy, you wouldn't expect a priest to prophesy, but when the Holy Spirit came upon people, even the 70 elders that, that, uh, that Moses had, had assembled together, the Lord said, you assemble them and I'll take of the spirit that's on you and I'll put that spirit upon them, I'll anoint them. And they began to prophesy. So we saw that very often in the Old Testament when that anointing of the spirit came upon people that there would be this vocal phenomenon where they would begin, begin to speak by inspired utterance. We come over in, the, in uh, well, in the, in the Old Testament, Joel prophesied that the day was coming when God would pour his spirit out on all flesh. Moses made reference to that. 
He said, I would to God that all God's people were prophets and that he would put a spirit on all of them. Well, all of God's people never will be prophets, but he will put his spirit on all of God's people. And so Joel prophesied about the day in the last days that in the last days, God would pour his spirit out upon all flesh. And he said, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, speak with inspired utterance. We come over into the New Testament on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was poured out on the entire church. Not the world, but on, on all, everyone in the church. Everyone in the church. That, that was something that was completely unknown. And, and really uh, 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 couldn't even be believed in the old covenant. Because it was so... You know, God's, God's people, Israel, they were raised up and, and, and put in such an honorable place to be the people of the real God. There were nations around them that had all kinds of phony gods that didn't have any power. But their God was God, actual creator of the, of the world. And they were so uh, blessed and, and honored to be chosen to be the people that God would, would, would manifest himself to. And they would carry his name. But only a few of them would he actually put his spirit on. So to think that, that a time would come when all of God's people, he would put his spirit upon all of them. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So on the day of Pentecost, that's what happened. The spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And, but, but oddly, they didn't prophesy. They spoke in tongues. Something that had never happened before. No one had ever spoken in tongues before. Isaiah made reference to it that one day that there would be stammering lips and another tongue and so forth. But it had never happened. And so they had no reason to expect it. But when a sound of a rushing mighty wind filled that whole house and there appeared to them they saw divided tongues of fire separating from a common source and 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 one tongue of fire landing upon each one of them and, and they found themselves speaking with other tongues now when peter preached he said this is what joel was talking about joel said your sons and daughters shall prophesy he said this is it in the New Covenant, the New Testament, the gift of speaking with other tongues when someone is filled with the Spirit, that is a, a New Covenant expression of prophecy. We find that God took the simple gift of prophecy. There were seven gifts of the Spirit in the Old Testament, three power gifts, three revelation gifts, but only one utterance gift or vocal gift. God took that one gift of prophecy and it's still, it's still intact, but from it, he created two more gifts. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Just for the church age. Just for the church age. Because when we see Jesus, all of that will go away. All of the nine gifts of the Spirit will disappear. We won't need them anymore because we'll see him face to face. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, there are four kinds, and I'm not going to get every cover everything today. There are four kinds of anointings of the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit. I'll say anointings of the Holy Spirit in the church age. 
There are four kinds of anointing. Think about how blessed we are. There's not just one anointing, there's four. The first anointing is the anointing within the believer. Do you not know, Paul said, that that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? When a person is born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live within him. He's in every believer, every Christian, doesn't matter what denomination or group you're from. If you've been born again by the blood of Jesus and you're a new creation in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. That alone is earth shattering. I mean, it just blows every former thing out of the water. Because nobody in the old covenant had the Holy Spirit living in them. They were spiritually dead people. They were living by faith, you know, in, in, in the, the law and the, and, and the covenants that they had. And they were looking for a future redeemer. But they weren't born again people. The Holy Spirit didn't indwell in any of them. But he indwells all of us. From the, if you could, if there, there's no such thing as the least, but you know how you use that expression. From the least to the greatest, we all have the same Holy Spirit in us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. First John says, you have received an anointing from the Holy One and it dwells in you. That's the Holy Spirit. In the new birth, the Holy Spirit puts his anointing in you. Now the other anointings are upon you, but this one is in you. This is the personal anointing that every Christian carries. John, uh, 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 in, in the gospel of John, chapters 14, 15, and 16, Jesus talked a lot about the work of the Holy Spirit. Much of what he covered in, in about the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16 has to do with this anointing on the inside. Turn with me over there to 1 John, not, not gospel of John, but 1 John. I'm sure you're familiar with chapters 14, 15, and 16 of the Gospel of John. We we wouldn't have time to go into all the things he said there anyway. But fundamentally, what he talked about in, in chapters 14, 15, and 16 in the Gospel of John, fundamentally, the work of the Holy Spirit there can be summed up right here in this verse. In verse 27, But the anoint this is first John chapter chapter two, I'm sorry, first John two, verse twenty seven says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. It has come to stay. <laughs> it abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, that is the anointing has taught you, you will abide in him. There is an inward anointing that every Christian has. I call it, Brother Hagin referred to it as the personal anointing. And it's for our own benefit. And it's fundamentally, you could, in in all that was said in chapter 14, 15, and 16 of, of the gospel of John about the Holy Spirit, it's fundamentally the Holy Spirit has come to teach you all things. He's the great teacher. And that encompasses being led of the Spirit and, and, and all of the things that, that the Holy Spirit does in you to, 
to bless you and to uh, inform you and inspire you and, and, and show you. He's the great teacher and he's the great guide. He guides us through life. Glory to God. Oh, I'm so glad. How, how many of you remember those times in your life where you didn't have a guide and you found yourself in trouble, found yourself in real trouble and, you, and, and something bad happened you thought, boy, I wish I had never gone there. I wish I hadn't made that turn. I wish I hadn't talked to that person. If I had known that was going to happen, I wouldn't even got out of bed today. But now that we're saved, we have that anointing on the inside. Oh, glory to God. And he says, you know, take a, take a different route to work today. He says, talk to this person and, and do this and do that. And we find ourselves being guided through life. It doesn't mean we never hit a bump. But when we do, the Holy Spirit's right there said, I, that's all right. I knew all about that. This one, I'm just going to take you right over this. I'm going to bring you right through it, right over you, right over it. Deliver you. Glory to God. Thank God for the teacher, the guide. That's, that's a constant anointing on the inside. Hallelujah. But then there is the anointing that comes upon the believer when he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit came upon them, not just within them. That had already happened. But the Holy Spirit came upon them. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Ooh, glory. And you shall be witnesses. So there is an anointing upon the believer in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. This belongs to every Christian, but it isn't automatic. You have to receive this, this experience by faith, just like you receive salvation in the new birth by faith. But, but the point is, it's the Holy Spirit coming upon you to empower you for service. To be witnesses, to work for God, to, to be a powerful Christian, to be an influential a Christian that people take notice of simply because there is a power exuding from you. There is an, a, 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 an awareness around you that people can discern. There's something different about that person. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. And all of that is designed along with our vocal witnessing, but even just our lifestyle and, 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 the, and the power of the Spirit upon us is all to direct people to Christ. Amen. Glory to God. So there's the, that's the second one, the anointing upon in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's available to every Christian. Thirdly, there's the anointing upon certain offices of ministry. Each person that stands in an office of ministry, whether it's an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, any office of ministry has its own anointing. And the anointing is unique to that office. Now, it's, it, it, it manifests upon people in, in greater degree or in lesser degree. Uh, uh, you've, you've seen certain evangelists that had a stronger anointing as an evangelist than somebody else who was also an evangelist. And they were anointed, but you can see the difference in anointing. Well, the, the, the anointing that comes upon ministers can be increased. Now, the personal anointing can't really be increased. 
There, there's the, the old charismatic habit. You know, this was just one of the things that happened. In, in, uh, and even it even predated that. Even old Pentecostals sometimes say, Oh, Lord, give us a double portion of your anointing. Well, the, the personal anointing can't be. You can't get a double portion of that. Remember that Elisha had a double portion of Elijah's anointing, but that was the anointing as a prophet. Ministry anointing, anointings can be increased. They can be doubled. They can be increased or they can be diminished. Amen. So the anointing comes upon ministers to stand in their office. What is that for? To empower them to, to, to do what they do. The anointing that is on a minister to stand in an office of ministry is not the same as the anointing to preach. Or to teach. I, I teach and the anointing comes upon me to teach and occasionally to preach. But that anointing's not there all the time. It comes and then it lifts. Otherwise, a man just preach himself to death. I mean, he'd just preach all the time. It'd just be all on him all the time. He'd just walk up and down the street preaching. I mean, the anointing would be there. Well, that's not there all the time. It comes and then it leaves. The anointing to stand in an office of ministry never ceases. Now, I, I'm, uh, this won't sound good on the tape, but I forgot to recognize our good friends and when the Holy Ghost moved, I had it all laid out when I found out you were here this morning. The, would you stand up? This is Pastor Roger and Linda Pickering from Jacksonville, Florida. We did, you, you can be seated. We didn't know they were going to be here this morning. They have recently retired, sort of retired, trying to retire. And, uh, and they're dear friends of ours. I mean, how long have we known you? 30 years or something? You've pastored for how long? 40 years. And uh, they just recently retired. They pastored in Jacksonville. Just dear friends. We're so glad to see them this morning. What a surprise. Praise the Lord. Well, the anointing to pastor is on a pastor all the time. The preaching anointing is not there all the time, but the pastoral anointing is there all the time. If you go on vacation, you're laying out by the beach, you're still a pastor. You're still a pastor. You've still got that anointing. You've still got that mantle upon you. You're still thinking about your church. You're thinking about people, and you're there. Anybody calls you, I mean, there's a, something comes up, you know, you're, you're right there because you're anointed to be pastor. You don't have to go and run back into your, into your hotel room and pray a little while. Oh, somebody called me. What am I going to do? Let me get anointed again. It's there. It's there. And it doesn't go away when you retire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Retirement is just a man's thing, and sometimes it's helpful. <laughs> but God design, has designed that we be fruitful all the days of our life, and you're going to remain fruitful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, praise the Lord. Good to have them today. So there's the anointing upon offices of ministries. Now, there, there's a subset here. There's special anointings. That's not one of the four. Special anointings that come upon people. Brother Hagin talked about the fact that Jesus appeared to him in 1950 and put the finger of, of his right hand in each one of his hands and said, I've given to you a special anointing. Well, Jesus had a special anointing. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good healing. Now, he was anointed to stand in all of the offices of ministry. He had the Holy Spirit within him. 
When he went down to the river Jordan and John baptized him, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was then baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. But then he went into, into, into uh, Jerusalem, went into the synagogue, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has anointed me to set captives free. He has anointed me to, 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 uh, to minister. That was a ministry anointing. And he stands in all five ministry offices. He is the apostle of our, uh, of, uh, of our uh, confession, high priest of our confession. He is our, our uh, uh, fundamental evangelist. Glory to God. No one like him. Prophet teacher, pastor, he's, he, he, he's in all of those offices. Now, interestingly, it says in, in John, is it the third chapter? Uh, I think anyway, where, where it says that, that God did not give the spirit by measure unto him. Now, Evidently, the words unto him aren't there in the Greek or maybe not in certain manuscripts because most modern translations leave out unto him. And it just says God did not, does not give the spirit by measure. But if you look at the whole passage, it's all talking about Jesus. So it could be that, 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 that someone just added that as an explanation, you know, to give clarity. God do, did not give the spirit by measure to Christ. Jesus was able in, bodily to contain all of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, a a, a mortal man could not take that. Jesus was neither mortal nor immortal. He was without sin. And so his physical body did not, uh, had not suffered the the spiritual death that, that Adam had experienced. And so his physical body, he could handle the full measure of the anointing. That's why he's such a, uh, such a spectacular person. When you read about him in the, in the New Testament, he's just awesome. Oh, he just does everything well. He's just above measure. He's just beyond comparison. He is supreme. He's, there's nobody, no one ever spoke like this man, they said. It's because he had the anointing without measure. Now, I don't have the anointing without measure. You don't have the anointing without measure. We have a measure of Christ's anointing. It says in John chapter 1 that of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. We all have a measure of that anointing. Particularly people in five-fold ministries, we have, we, there, there are how many hundreds of thousands of pastors in the world right now? How many evangelists, teachers, prophets, apostles? We all have a measure of that anointing. And, and all of us as believers in Christ, we have the anointing within us. We have a measure of what Jesus had. Now, you can't prove that by the Bible, but it makes perfect sense because we are the body of Christ. We are Jesus His physical body is at the right hand of the Father. But spiritually, he's not, Christ is not just one individual at the right hand of the Father. Christ is his body. He's the head, we're the body. The body is part of the head. And the the head cannot uh, uh, express itself without the body. And the body can't know what to do without the head. 
So one is dependent upon the other. We are all individually members of Christ. And in the earth, the church is Christ in the earth. Well, it stands to reason then that we all partake of that anointing and we all partake of it in measure because if anybody could be anointed without measure, who would need anybody else? I mean, if I could have all the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ, why would I need you? One minister, excuse me, one minister, he would, he would just rise above everybody else and everybody else just kind of sit there like they did in Jesus' day and go, wow. No, we are all an expression of Christ. And so we all have the spirit by measure. Glory to God. So there's ministerial anointings. Then there's finally the greatest anointing of all. The greatest anointing of all by far. The anointing, the anointing with the greatest potential is the corporate anointing. There's an anointing upon all of us, not just individually. We all have an anointing individually. But the body of Christ has all of the anointing. Well, local bodies of Christ. I don't have time. I'm uh, running out of time today. Many scriptures talk about the church as being the house of God, the temple of the living God. And a local church is a local temple of God. Not the, not the building, but the body. We are a distinct body of believers. And the spirit of God dwells in us corporately as a body, just as clearly and, and as, and as uh, uh, really as he indwells each of us individually, when we are called together in one body, we become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he dwells in us and he fills us and that's the anointing, the corporate anointing. Corporate anointing is more powerful than any preacher's anointing. There's not a, there's not, if you could identify the greatest preacher alive today, the most powerful preacher alive today, his anointing is not as great as the anointing that's in this building right now or in, in us corporately right now. The corporate anointing is greater than all. It has the most potential for the miraculous. It has the most potential because God's, God's glory can, can, can come in in such a fashion. Whew. Whew. <laughs> Glory to God. In such power, anything can happen. Anything can happen. God doesn't, God never intended church meetings to be like the PTA. Aren't you thankful? <laughs> or like a political rally. Thank God. <laughs> God designed the church, the local church, to be, to be the result of him calling us together. Calling us together into one place. The day of Pentecost, they were in one place. Oh, glory to God. God calls us together 
so that he can indwell us and, and anoint us. He wants to manifest his presence. Now, we've all been in services like today. We've all been in services, most of us like today, where the presence of God is just in manifestation. And, and that presence is his glory. That is the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us as a people. We experienced it today. You don't always have to see the glory cloud. I have seen it, but you don't have to see it. You, 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 you experienced it this morning. You know what that is. That was the, the presence of God. Here's the question. Why doesn't that happen more often? Or why isn't there a more consistent manifestation? It's a good question. Is it because the Lord just doesn't want to? That's not it. There, we'll look at it. We, don't, we won't get into it today. But there are things that they did in the Old Covenant and there are things they did in the New Testament that show us what we, what our part is in, in creating a place, creating an opportunity to be a better word, creating an opportunity where the Holy Spirit can manifest himself. There are things we can do. And, and we have biblical examples and therefore biblical uh, 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 a recipe, if you want to call it that. Bis- uh, 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 biblical things that we can do that if we do, we can be sure the presence of God will be powerful among us. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. I said last week, I'm just, no, I'm just, not, I'm just no longer willing to, 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 to do without the fullness of God's blessing. I'm just not willing to do it. I'm just not willing. It's not willing. And, and that's personally, but also in the church. I'm just not willing to just have church without the presence of God. I'm just not willing. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God. All, you know, it's not difficult either. It's praise, thanksgiving, gladness, one accord. I mean, you know, we'll go, I'll go, I'll go into detail and, and, and talk about those things uh, next time I have a chance. Whenever that is, whenever the Holy Ghost will give me a chance to do it. Uh, I'll talk about those things, but none of them are hard. And none of them are, are news. Oh, I never knew we were supposed to be in one accord. Yeah, you did know that. <laughs> Doesn't mean you came in in one accord, but anyway. Uh, all of these things are simple. We know them, but we don't often enough bring all these elements together. It's the truth. We don't often enough put these elements together. It's, it's not that we do it. God does it. God's the one that fills us. It's God's presence that shows up. It's not my presence <laughs> it's not Pastor Greg's presence that fills the place. It's the pre- presence of God. So it's all of God. All we have to do is just line up. 
just line up, get in line, you know, put ourselves the way we're supposed to. We'll have a constant manifestation of God's glory. Ooh, how many has that? How many does that sound good to how many of you people? Glory to God. Well, let's stand up. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful, Father, for the new birth that you washed us from our sins in the blood of Jesus. Precious blood. Precious blood. Holy blood that was shed for our eternal redemption. We have faith in Christ. Confess he is Lord over our lives. We have faith in the blood. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Spirit that abides within. And we're not left alone. Jesus said, I'll not leave you orphans. I'll come to you by the Spirit. When the Spirit comes, he'll teach you all things. Bring all things to remembrance. So that's what John was talking about in in 1 John. He says, you don't need any man to teach you. Of course, men do teach by the anointing of the Spirit, but that's just the Holy Spirit teaching through a man. In other words, the potential, Father, to know all things is in us all the time because this teacher is here. Glory to God. He lives on the inside. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for sending the Spirit, praying the Father, praying to the Father that he would send the promised Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit. We've received the endowment with power from on high being baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues, inspired utterance, inspired from heaven. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for the outpouring of the Spirit, the Spirit upon. We thank you, Father, for for ministerial anointings on various ones to stand in the offices of ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, others that are anointed in helps, so forth. Father, we're grateful for that. Hallelujah. But we're also grateful for the corporate anointing. Oh, Father, it's so holy. It's so precious. It's so precious. It's so wonderful, Lord, to be called together, to call to come together in one place, in one time, in one accord, to, with one voice and one heart, to lift our voice in thanking and praising you in gladness of heart. And then that anointing 
begins to roll in. That anointing begins to come upon us as a congregation, that corporate anointing where you can move and, and, and operate. Sedayo, semelo, merono, marajo, rede, da estisti coria, beda digisti coria, dandolo, so. Make room for the moving of the Spirit. Make room in your own life and in your, and in your own heart by hungering for the move of the Spirit and by being ready to flow with the Spirit for desire and action are the elements of faith. You put action to what you believe by making provision for the answer. So give action to your faith and provide a place Provide an opportunity. Provide the atmosphere that you can provide for the Spirit to move and His power to be in manifestation. And great glory will be seen and great power will be demonstrated and great benefit and blessing will rest upon the church and the glory of the Lord will give favor Everywhere it goes and calls blessing and increase. For it said, as they were filled with the Spirit and enjoyed the blessing of God, the Lord gave them favor and the Lord added to the church daily. So give yourself to the Spirit. Do not come to church with a carnal mind. Do not come to the, to the services just operating in the natural, but come prayed in, up in the spirit and come in the spirit and gather together in the spirit and see what I'll do among you. You've not seen anything yet, says the Lord. Much, much, much still to be seen, to be shown. Much glory still to be revealed. Much power still to be demonstrated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.